Good morning, Summit Church. How are we doing today? Ah, most of y'all remembered. My name is Jordan Griffith. I'm the Next Gen Director here. I give a lot of energy. I expect a lot of energy back. So when I say, good morning, Summit Church, how are we doing today? Thank you for about 20% of y'all that had to fake that through it. I completely understand it, and I appreciate it. But if you want a lot of energy out of me, I got to get a lot of energy out of y'all. But like I said, my name is Jordan. I am the Next Gen Director here at Summit Church. That means I get to talk with and play with from about this high to sometimes about this high. But the next generation that's coming up, I would like to talk today. Today I'm going to be, y'all probably heard me speak in the past. Um, I'm actually changing up my sermon style a little bit. I want to try something new. I want to be able to dive into something. When you do standalone sermons, it's really hard to get one big thing compiled into one 30-minute long segment. That's normally why there's like a sermon series. Many, many weeks to go through this one topic. So it's really hard to punch in there. So you might be taking a little bit of information from a fire hose. If anybody's ever heard that expression before, it's going to be coming at you. So if you want to get out pen, paper, open up notes, whatever you do to take down, get yourself prepared. Before, like always, before I open up in word, I would like us to open up in prayer. If you can bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, please, thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for the chance that we get to come inside your house, open up your word, and read your letter to us. Lord, prepare our hearts for the message that you're giving us today. Lord, prepare our minds that anything that's going on, we can clear it, and we can let go, and we can focus on you. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, we're going to be bouncing around the Bible a lot today because we're going to be we're using a lot of different verses out of Proverbs. But if you want to start, I'll let you. Uh, Proverbs 16.5. Proverbs 16.5 is where we're going to start. And today we're going to be talking about an issue that affects every single person in this room. No matter what. It is going to affect you. It's going to change your life if you let it take control. We're going to be talking about one of the seven deadly sins, one that almost every single pastor, theologian, anybody who's ever talked about it is probably the most deadliest for us as mankind. Today, we are going to be talking about pride. Today, we are talking about pride. Everyone in this room is affected by pride. If you're sitting there going, not me, I'm good. I got a newsflash. <laughs> Listen up very closely if you're that person, because everyone's affected by it, even myself. And a lot of the things we're going to be talking about today is the stupid stuff I did because I was too prideful. Now I noticed, you won't see it up on the slide, I normally give a ditty, because I teach with middle school and high school, the best way to keep it short and sweet, and something they can remember. And then I was sitting there back, we were doing worship, and I was praying, I was like, I didn't do a ditty today. I didn't write a ditty down. I was like, oh, I need a ditty. I need a ditty. I need a ditty. So I came up with, so if you want to write this down for the little ditty, don't let pride take you for a ride. Don't let pride take you for a ride. If you're like, that sounds really childish and like kiddish. Yeah, I teach kids. Like bear with me here. But don't let pride take you for a ride. And I love that because when it comes down to it, that's what happens. We let pride take control of our situation. We let pride take control of our personality, and we go along with it. We follow it. It takes us for a ride. Proverbs 16.5 says this, The Lord detests all the proud of heart. Be sure of this. They will not go unpunished. That's hard. That is a, that's a punch. 
That is right there to the face of, wait a minute, what do I, that's, that's pretty harsh. That's pretty extreme. We all, we all stumble. We all fall. What is this? Well, I was going through one day, and I was reading, I was seeking some wisdom. And so, of course, I went to the book of Proverbs. If you didn't know, Proverbs was the book of wisdom. And I was trying to figure out some things, and I ran across that. And I started asking myself, what is pride? Because I'm a Marine, and we are the few, the proud, the Marines. I was wondering if anybody had it. And I was like, I, I've been filled with pride. It's, is this good? Is this bad? I built things in my life with my own hands. I've accomplished tasks, and I felt proud. I had pride in my work. Is this bad? What is, what's wrong with pride? What is wrong with these situations? So we have to ask ourselves first, what is pride? What does it mean to be proud? What does it mean to have pride in something? And essentially, there's two different kinds of pride. In the English language, we actually only have one word, pride. But if you take it back, they're separate words. When you look at good pride, these are the characteristics of good pride to have. You are self-confidence. You, you're good. You got yourself. You know who you are and what you're about. There's nothing wrong with that. You take time to reflect on your life. You sit down. You, you put your life on a microscope and you look at it and you go, I, I have proud moments. You have self-worth. In a generation that doesn't have self-worth coming up, I'm telling you, self-worth is needed. The Bible says, love others as you love yourself. If you don't love yourself, how are you loving others? You need self-worth. It doesn't compare. The good pride doesn't look at other people's work and other people's accomplishment and clash with it. It motivates and inspires to be proud of something is to motivate. To be proud in yourself is to motivate people. This is what it talks about when the Marines, the few, the proud. We are supposed to motivate and inspire people with the actions that we do. And my favorite one, it takes pride in others. It's not just about you. You're proud about someone else. You're proud about teaching somebody something. You're proud about somebody underneath you coming up. You're proud about somebody older than you figuring something out or accomplishing something. You give pride to other people. This is the good pride to have. This is the good pride that's okay. Now the bad pride, the one that's dangerous, it brings out arrogance. Self, a little bit of cockiness. It makes you conceited. As in, you're, you're, I'm better. There ain't no doubt about it. I'm better. This is, as this, we talk about pride and good pride and bad pride, it seems a little black and white, but man, the gray in between is such a fine line of self-worth and cockiness. It is a balancing act. It's a hard thing. It hardens you. If you ever read the Old Testament, there's a lot of hearts that get hardened. It hardens you. You become judgmental. Like I said, you start comparing yourself to others and you start looking at people and judging them because they're not you. They're not, they're not where you should be. I'm up here, you're down there. It lacks wisdom. 
and it tears others down. One set of pride lifts people up and inspires them. The other set of pride tears people down, demolishes them. But this sermon series is called Pride in Every Aspect. And so as I'm cramming all this stuff in, I first want to look at, let's look at pride in life alone. This is for my students. This is for my young adults. This is pride outside of being married. This is pride in life. Philippians 2, 3 says this, do not let, do nothing out of selfish ambitions or vain conceit, conceited. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. Now when we talk about pride by yourself, what does it look like? What does it look like to be taken on a ride by pride? For me, it was everything that we talked about in the bad sense. When I was a Marine, there was, I, I, I felt the proudness and then I took it a little bit too far and I went to the conceited side. I went to the cocky side. I went to the arrogant side. I went to the talking trash side. I went to the breaking people down side. To the point where I looked at my friends around me and I made sure they knew I was better than them. Growing up, you could do different things. You could play sports. I love playing sports growing up. Everybody knows if you play sports, there will be a smidge bit of trash talking. It has to happen. I don't know why. I don't make the rules. But if there's sports involved, there's trash talking involved. And I'd constantly break people down. And I'd constantly tear people down to let them know I'm better than them. Classmates. Does anybody know what the definition of a bully is and why they bully? To pick themselves up and to put people down, to give value to themselves. That's what happens when you fall into pride. You have no value in yourself and you have to make it. And the best way to make it is to be conceited. Now I tell my wife all the time, we have this, we have this discussion all the time. The difference between conceited and confident. The difference between conceited and confident. My wife likes to tell me all the time I'm, I'm pretty much conceited sometimes. And I like to say, you know, sometimes I am, but most of the time I'm confident. And I think the best way I can break it down is conceited is all talk. Conceitedness is all talk. It is tearing people down. To be confident is to show the action with it and to lift people up as you go. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe your boss above you is telling what you're doing is wrong and you need to be better. But as you're going, you're like, wait a minute. I, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I got this. I think I'm, I, I, I could do this. And it starts out hum, harmless at first. And then it grows and it grows. And this, this constant beat down turns into this pride and self of, no, I, I'm better than you. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're my boss. I don't care what you say. I don't care if you're my teacher. I don't care if you're my parent. I know what I'm doing. Anybody else? Y'all haven't yet, but who's been 16 in this room? You knew everything. You were the smartest human alive. At least I thought I was. Pride in your walk by yourself in life is putting yourself above others. 
Now, if you've ever opened this good book and you've read it, Jesus doesn't ever say that. It is always about putting other people above yourself. It is always about picking people up, being proud of them, build them up, share them, not tear them down. Maybe you have somebody on your sports team. Maybe you have somebody that's a coworker that, you know what, maybe you are better than them. Maybe your stats and your data and all your work ethic and your work review shows that you're better. Cool. Why instead of beating them down, why not bring them up to your level? Why do we want to push people down so we can feel taller? I'm on my tippy toes, so I want to feel taller. Why do we do that? Why not bring them up? Pride and life alone. The next section we're going to step into is pride with a spouse. Now, y'all need to pay attention too. I know you don't have spouses, but one day you're going to. And why not be ready for what you're stepping into? Because there's a lot of married people in this room that is like, man, I wish I knew what I knew back then. I wish I knew how to be the husband or the wife. Train for it. Be prepared for it. Understand it. My verse for pride with a spouse is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. If that sounds familiar, it's probably because you've been to a wedding. But it says this. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoice with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always preserves. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be still. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Show of hands, married, been married, about to get married, want to be married. There's a lot of people sitting next to there's other people and I'm just like, y'all dating? Like, What's going on? Pride is something that was the hardest thing in my marriage. I let pride take me on a ride too many times. It's hard. Because, see, when it comes to pride, I'm going to speak to the men real quick. If you've been married, you are the leaders of your household. You are the spiritual head of your household. You are the spiritual authority. You are the guide. You are the leader. That is what God has called you to be. However, some people think that leadership means this. My foot is down. And I'm not exempt from it. Because see, men, we have, to be, we have to feel like we're right to feel like we have value. It's something society has put on us. As a husband, as a man, I have to be right. I have to be good. I have to provide. I have to do these things so my wife, my spouse will see that I have value. And if I'm not right, then I'm wrong. And if I'm wrong, 
Where's my worth? And we let pride take us for a ride. The only arguments me and my wife get into normally, one, communication is normally always there. Lack of communication, lack of misunderstanding. Two, it's probably because of my pride. Because I want to be right. I want to have value. I want to show I know what I'm doing. And I end up tearing my wife down sometimes. I end up breaking her because I want to be right. Everybody knows Pastor Chuck. He's been our interim pastor for a very long time. And we went and sat down and had breakfast. And I was telling him, you know, I have a pride issue. I feel like I need to be right. And I was giving a scenario of like me and my wife get into it. And I feel like I, I can't just sit back and watch something happen when I feel like I know what's right. And I gave him the scenario. And I was like, this is how I feel like. Like I'm, I'm just sitting down. And there's a kid crossing the street, and I'm trying to tell them, don't cross the street, don't cross the street. And they're not listening, and they get hit by a car, and it's like, I just, I was right, and you didn't listen. And I was laying all this out to Chuck, and he goes, Jordan, not every scenario is about a kid getting hit. Not every scenario, not every fight, not every argument has that much value. Sometimes, men, we just let pride take us for a ride, and we argue with our wives, and then we have to go through that next, like, 72 hours of, like, is she mad at me? You, like, take your foot over, and you, like, try to touch her in bed, and she pulls it away. You're like, she's still mad at me. Can't really talk to her just yet. And you let pride take you down this road, and you look, and you're like, I don't want to be here. How did I get here? This is not me. It's because we let pride take us for a ride. We followed it. We wanted to be right. We wanted to have value. We wanted, our, we wanted to matter. Well, one, you're looking for value in the wrong place. Men, your, men, your wives should value you. But your value doesn't come from your wife. Your value doesn't come from if you're right or if you're wrong or how much you provide. Men, your value is given by God, the same value he gave to your wife. It doesn't come from what you do on this earth. Your value doesn't matter if you were a good or bad or did right or did wrong. Your value is bestowed upon you when Jesus Christ died on the cross and he gave you and your wife the same value. But if you're looking at pride and you, you follow it, it'll lead you to places you don't want to be. You'll get in arguments you never wish you had. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to let things go the wrong way. It's okay to sit back. Because if all you do is try to stop every single thing from going wrong, then you're not letting the people that need to go down that path to learn. That's one of my biggest problems. I hate idiocracy. I hate stupidity. I hate sitting back and watching something happen that I feel like if I just said something could stop it. I hate it. It drives me to my core. I was talking, I've talked to many friends about this the past couple of weeks of I just feel like I just can't sit back and watch something. And it wasn't until I had a friend tell me, sometimes you need to sit back and let them live their lives. Let them go down that path. Let them figure it out. Don't rob them of that. It's not that serious. 
just stupid sometimes. It's pointless. I already told my wife, I was like, hey, when I get up there and preach, like, I'm about to say some stuff, you can't hold it against me later. You're not allowed to, like, point this out in the next argument we have and be like, you're just being prideful. I'm like, uh, you're right, but no. Giving you ammo for this, and it's, it's bad, but it's funny. But I can look, and I can see everybody in this room, and I don't feel like I'm that far off. I feel like this is something we've all walked through. So, gentlemen, if you're not married yet, Anybody heard the expression, if you're going to get married, you have to learn how to say you're sorry even when you're not? Like, you, hey, just look at me. Now say, B, say you're sorry. There you go. The first time I had my dad do he's like, he's like hey, I want to get married. Look at me. Say you're sorry. What did I do? Say you're sorry. I didn't, I didn't do anything. What am I saying sorry for? You're not ready to get married. And I didn't understand it at first. It was like, I don't know, what am I to say sorry for something I didn't do? That's the stupidest thing ever. I'm not saying sorry for that. I didn't do nothing wrong. I step back and I look at that sentence and I look at myself and I go, hey, that's prideful Jordan right there. That's me saying my poop don't stink. That's me saying I'm good. You're not. I want to be able to build people up. I don't want to be able to tear people down. I want to be proud for someone else. We have to change our ways. So gentlemen, if you're looking at getting married, don't follow in my footsteps. Look into pride. Look into where it takes you. Look into how it guides you. Start finding the steps in yourself of what's going on. Next time you're in an argument with somebody or maybe you're in an argument with a friend, can you step back for a second and ask yourself, is this worth it? Is there really life and death on the line? Is this just my pride taking me for a ride because I need to be right because I want to have value? Or can I step back and humble myself and say, I don't know everything and see where life takes you? I promise you, your future wives or your wives now will thank you a lot if you start doing that. Because I know I've tried more and more to be able to step back and look at my wife and go, okay, let's do it. Moving on. Pride with parenting. Pride with parenting. Everybody in this room, most people have kids, want kids, nieces, nephews. Pride with parenting. How does pride come with parenting? Well, I have a little son. He's nine years old. And sometimes I want to do things my way. Now, I'll say this for you parents. Yes, parents, you are right 90% of the time. That's gracious. You are right 90% of the time. You, it's your job to grow them. It's your job to teach them. It's your job to be able to guide them to where they need to be. It's what, we, it's what we're supposed to do. However, we can sometimes let pride take us over in our parenting. My son, 
He was acting a fool, just like I would at his age, just like everyone else does. And I try to think, how am I going to handle this situation? How am I going to take care of it? How am I going to discipline through it? I know how I was raised. Go in the back, pick your own switch. I'll meet you out front. How am I going to parent, though? How am I going to take care of it? How am I going to look at my son and walk through certain ways? And me and my son, we like to, we like to have uh, debates, discussions. I don't argue with my son. I don't argue with terrorists. And he'll, he'll sometimes, he tries to terrorize me into things. And I'm like, look, I don't argue with terrorists. Get out of here. But me and my son, we'll have debates. We'll have debates to the point where my wife puts her hands up. She's like, I'm done with this. I'm out. Y'all two want to continue your conversation? Go right ahead. But I'm not going to be a part of this. But we get into it. And we got into it once. And my son was right. And I was in the wrong. And I didn't know how to handle it. I, need, I wanted to be right. I wanted my son to look up to me. I wanted him to think that I was the father he could follow. And we got into a discussion one day and we got into a fight. And I was getting ready to discipline him, and I knew my son was right, and I was wrong, and I was letting pride take me on a ride, and I was saying things and doing things that I didn't really enjoy. I didn't abuse my kid. I want to put that out there. <laughs> it's 2023. got to make sure I state that. <laughs> but I disciplined my son. Even though I felt at the end of it, I was like, he was right. I was wrong. But I couldn't let him know that. How do, I, how do I look at my son? How do, I look at, how do you look at your child and say, you were right in this situation. I was wrong. I messed up. My kid looks at me. He wants to be me. He wants to follow me. I don't want to let him down. I need to be perfect for him. Do you hear all the pride in these statements? It was hard to go back into my son's room and say, you were right. I was wrong. That hurts. That hurts as a parent that I never knew. I'm sorry I handled this situation badly. I didn't want to handle this situation that way. It's hard. If you've ever been a parent or you are a parent now, you, you have to know what I'm talking about. Of where your child is and where you want them to be. And how you want to take them there whether they're kicking or screaming or not. But we get caught up in ourselves. We get caught up in our own ambitions of, well, their kid, they say, go to bed, and they go, yes, sir, and then they just go to bed, and it's great. I want my kid to do that. Their kid, when they say, hey, can I get ice cream, and they say no, everything's fine. They're just like, okay, cool, get ice cream next week maybe. No big deal. My kid, it's the end of the world. This is the worst day ever. And I'm like, what do I got to do to fix my kid? I need to do stuff. I need to figure out a plan and discipline and structure to get my kid on the path that he needs to be on. And I need to do it right. And it has to be perfect. And then I start marching ahead with my orders. And I let pride take me for a ride. And I go down a path I didn't want to go down. Now, lastly, pride with God. And if you're in this building this morning or if you're joining us online, this is something we've all done as well. 
Psalms 10.4. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. I'm going to read that one more time. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. It's true. Because when we're prideful, when we're driven by pride, you know what takes the back seat? Anybody? If you're driven by pride, what takes the back seat? God does, but love. Think about pride. Have you ever seen pride and love, bad pride? Let me specify. Have you ever seen bad pride and love be side by side and they work together? No. You can't be prideful in the wrong ways and have love. It doesn't work. It can't happen. When you start being a prideful person, you leave love behind. Just like when it's Corinthians, when we're reading it, where it says love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. You can't have love and pride at the same time. You can't have God and pride at the same time. I've had bad things happen to me in my life. I've had good things happen to me in my life. However, I notice I do this sometimes. Or I used to a lot more than I do now, I like to think. Everything's going my way. We're good. God's blessing me. Life is good. Life is fun. I'm a good Christian. I'm getting what I deserve. I go to, school, I go to church on Sunday. Check. I said my prayers at night, check. I read my Bible, check. I even shared the gospel this week, gold star. All right, God, where's my blessing? I get in a car crash. Hang on. No, this isn't how this works. I did, I did everything. I was a good Christian. I read my Bible, I said my prayers, I did my studies, I went to church. I even talked about signing up to a community group. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Why am I getting this? Why am I getting crap? Why am I getting punished? Why am I in a car accident? Why are my bills affected? Why is my job on the line? Why are these hard things happening when I'm being good and I look at God and I say, give me what I deserve. Do you know what we all deserve? We all deserve hell. That's what we all deserve. No amount of good you do, no amount of prayers, no amount of that a boys, pat on the heads. We all deserve hell because we all live in sin and it separates us from God. But when I get prideful with God, I look at him and I say, give me what I get. I want my blessings. I did the actions. I played the instrument. I sung the song. Give me what I should get. And God looks at me and goes, you better be lucky I don't give you what you deserve. Because see what I did, instead of giving you what you deserve, I sent my one and only son to come to this earth 
to live a sinless life, a perfect life. And I had him sacrificed. And he died on a cross for no reason besides the fact that I'm a sinner. And he loves me and wanted to save my soul. So instead of getting what I deserve, he gave me what I didn't deserve. He gave me love. He gave me compassion. He gave me a chance to spend eternity with him and not completely separated. I always leave with a challenge. And this is my challenge for you this week. I've talked a lot about pride. Pride by yourself, pride as a spouse, pride in parenting, pride with God. I've talked a lot about pride today. But I haven't given you a solution. I haven't told you how to fix it. I haven't told you how to, how to walk through it, how to solve it. Because I'd probably be a little bit prideful if I sat up here and I knew how to exactly, perfectly. But this is my challenge. And this is for you, you online, and for myself. You have seven days till church again. Everybody should have at least one or two things. Everybody's got one of these. If you don't have one of these, I know you got one of these. Spend time in this. If you got to start, Google it. Find somewhere. But my challenge for you is to seek out what is God's answer? What is his fix to pride? How do I stop letting pride take me for a ride? Seek God. I don't want to just stand up here and tell you how to do it. I don't want to just stand up here and lead you down your path because you know what? How I got to fixing pride is probably nobody else's way to fix pride because God worked on me and my soul. And God wants to work on you and your soul. And it's going to take everybody difference because I'm dumb and I have to learn the hard way. Sorry, I'm not supposed to say I'm dumb. Sorry, Chuck. I have to learn the hard way. Maybe you don't have to. But you have seven days. Maybe it takes a little longer. That's okay. But start going down this journey of where's the pride in my life? Because you have it, I promise you, I can look at every single person in this room and I can look you in the eyes and I say, you have pride in your life. Where is it? Find it. Start working on it, start fixing it. Go to God with it. I'll give you a hint. This is the only hint you get. It starts with humility. It starts with humility. If you can bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we are all prideful people. We are all sinners. And Lord, we put up our walls and we build our structures and we want to stay safe and we want to have value. And Lord, we let pride take us for a ride and we follow it down paths we wish we couldn't go down. But Lord, I pray that in this next week, this next time we have, our next season, Lord, that we can all stop and look inside ourselves and say, where is my pride that I need to get rid of? How can I get rid of the pride in my life? 
And Lord, let's go on a journey together, a healing journey, a discovery journey of how to find, how to eradicate pride, how you teach us how to let pride aside and to be able to choose love. Lord, we need a lot of strength in this time. Lord, we need a lot of humility. Humble us, Lord, please, in our souls, and our core. Humble us to find the flaw in us so we can be better Christians to spread your gospel. And Lord, teach us how to follow you. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus.